than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Look out, Captain. A nuclear missile, guided by a blind man in a wheelchair. We're going to die. Relax. It's just the typical confusion podcast hosted by Jim Holiday. Oh my god, he's so sexy and cute. Come to me, Jimmy. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. Anchor has the ability for you to include guests in your show. Your followers on the podcast can leave you voicemail messages. And you can include them in your show. You can also monetize your podcast with advertising. One of the many features that Anchor offers. And the accounts are free. Most of the other podcast providers want you to pay for all of their services. Anchor does not. Check them out today by going to http colon slash slash anchor.fm and signing up for a free account. Radio Classics. No television set that's made, no screen that you can find can compare with that of radio, the theater of the mind. And now, the typical Confusion Podcast presents another radio classic. Unsolved Mysteries. Truth is stranger than fiction. The story which you are about to hear is a true narrative based upon actual recorded facts. Yet the exact solution has baffled authorities the world over. And the case remains, even today, as one of the unsolved mysteries of the high seas. Every sailor fears a ship of death. 
A ghost ship. All hands on deck. Bring a starboard bow. Hard to port. Hard to port. Hard to port it is, sir. By Jove, Mr. Adams, did you see that? I don't understand it, sir. She fell away in the wind, sir, as though she were the wind. Aye, sir. She acts like a ghost ship. Ship without a crew. Yet she's ship-shape and trimming up and looks. Run up a danger hoist and we'll see if she'll answer. Aye, aye, sir. Run up a danger hoist. Aye, aye, sir. Made it so, sir. No answer from the American, sir. I've been watching it through the glass. And there isn't a living soul on deck. I don't like that, Hunt. Give orders to stand by the board. I'm going to board her. Aye, aye, sir. Stand by all hands to board. Aye, aye, sir. Stand by the board. Bring her about, Mr. Quartermaster. Bring her about. Aye, aye, sir. All her boats seem to be in place. She can't be abandoned. Well, we'll soon find out. We're well in. Throw her away a boat on the starboard side. Come along, Mr. Adams. We'll go aboard. Right with you, sir. All right. Lower away. She doesn't look as if she'd been through any heavy seas. No. I was looking at her name, the Marie Celeste. I seem to remember seeing her in New York. I was thinking the same thing, sir. Here, uh, pass me that boat hook. I'll fend off. There's a trailing rope amidships. We can board easily. Up you go, sir. I've got it. Take a hitch with that rope. She's fast, sir. Can you see anything? No ship shape on the deck. Here, I'll give you a hand. Better be careful, sir. It could be plague. No, Mr. Adams. If it were plague, there would be bodies on deck, not below. Together, Captain Boyce and his first mate make their way below decks. Not a thing stirs. Not a sound save the creak of timbers and the slap, slap of water against the hull. Almost on tiptoe, silently as if in the very presence of an unseen death, the two men search the hold. From keel to bridge, from stem to stern, nothing. Nothing but an empty eeriness. A ship trim as if she had been rigged an hour before, but a ghost ship. A ship without crew or living thing aboard. All the superstition of the seas is in the minds of the captain and the mate as they climb through the hatch onto the deck and down the alleyway to the ship's galley. Good Lord, look there. They've even left the crew's meal on the galley stove half-cooked. Something terrible must have happened. Caused them to leave the ship in such a hurry. Yeah, but we don't know that they left. Their own free will. No boats missing. Not anything used to make a raft. How could they leave except by... Except by... Exactly, sir. Except by what? I tell you, sir, I don't like it. It's uncanny. It isn't real. It can't be. Yet it is. Come on, let's hurry. We'll look into the chart room and get off this ship as fast as we can. Chart room door is closed. Well, it's not locked. Breakfast here, too. And a baby's high chair at the table. And the captain's chronometer's still running. It's ghastly, sir. This silence. This trim-rigged ship in perfect condition without a soul. No signs of anything. Oh, let's get off, sir. I... Well, I'm not easily frightened, but dash it all, sir. Here's something that isn't human, if you know what I mean. Well, I don't want to, but we must take her in tow. If 
Got a note of everything we can enter into our logbook? Boat's all in place. Captain's chronometer's still running. Two watches lying on the skipper's table. Breakfast for the crew ready in the galley. Plate of porridge half-eaten on the saloon table. No preparations made to abandon. Everything trim and shipshape. And not a soul aboard. Dead or alive. Right. Well, come along, Adams. We'll get back aboard our own ship. And we'll both feel better. Sixty-two years have passed. And the mystery of the Marie Celeste remains a mystery. The United States authorities notified the consuls in various countries to keep a sharp lookout for survivors. But to this day, nothing has been seen or heard of captain, crew, the captain's wife, or baby. In the annals of the sea, it is one of the great unsolved mysteries. Yet there is one explanation. It is based on the knowledge that Captain Briggs of the Marie Celeste was ill. Ill mentally. And his temporary mental aberration took the form of swimming around his ship with all his clothes on. It is the morning of November 24th, the morning of the last entry in the Marie Celeste's logbook. The captain is in the chart room, and his wife Mary is on the bridge talking to the first officer. Oh, Mr. Anderson, I'm afraid the captain is going to have one of his spells again. Do you? What makes you think so? Oh, he's been muttering to himself all morning about taking a swim around the ship. With all his clothes on, I suppose. Yes, I... I want you to promise me something. Yes? If he insists on swimming around the ship... Will you go with him? If you want me to, I will. Oh, Mary. Mary. Mary, where are you? Here on the bridge. Well, uh, I'm going for a swim. Oh, it's a beautiful day. Calm as a mill pond, and I I feel the need of it. Tell you what, sir. Let's make a contest out of it. What are you talking about, Anderson? Oh, I could do with a swim myself, and, and I thought, let's have a race, you and me. We'll dive off amidships and swim once around. Uh, yes, that, that's a good idea, Mr. Anderson. A, a competition. Yes. Ah, uh, but I'm going to swim with all my clothes on. Uh, got to keep in practice, you know. Uh, get shipwrecked someday and, and have to swim uh, fully dressed. Uh, can't do it unless you practice. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm game, though. Oh, I, I wish you would. No, 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 Mary. You leave that to me. Oh, by the way, Chips has made a sort of a crib for the baby. <laughs> he calls it the baby's quarter deck. Rigged it up after, so you wouldn't be worrying about the baby crawling under the rail and falling overboard. Oh, that was nice of Chips. I'll go below and thank you. Uh, don't be long, or you'll miss the race. I won't. I'll be back on deck in a moment. Chips took baby aft a few minutes ago. He's playing with him in the crib. Uh, come on, then. Uh, we'd better leave our watchers in the chart room. Uh, and that reminds me, I must wind my chronometer. Oh, here, Skipper, take my watch with you, too. I'll go aft and see how Chips is getting along with the baby. All right, Anderson. Uh, be ready for that swim when I come back. Don't worry, sir. I'll be waiting. He's still determined. Why, I thought you went below. I was standing behind the hatch. Oh, let's go aft and see the baby's quarter deck. Oh, I'm afraid. I... I... Call it whatever you want to. I, I have a feeling that that old clangs of its own free will. Now, now, Mary, don't worry. I'll look out to the skipper when we get in the water... Besides, he's a good swimmer. Oh, look at baby. <laughs> Isn't that clever? And good morning, Chips. Good morning, ma'am. What do you think of our baby's quarter deck? I think it's very clever of you, Chips. Me? I've got children of me own. I know what the little blight is like. You know, it, it's just like having a railing around your own porch. He can't pull out. Don't you think, Chips, that the baby's quarter deck ought to be lashed down? Oh, no, sir. Not unless the wind picks up a bit, sir. It's as safe as being in your own yard, says I. But Chips was wrong. It wasn't as safe as being in your own yard. And it was the so-called baby's quarter deck 
that resulted in the mystery of the Marie Celeste. Out of deference to people who may still be living, character names in some of these unsolved mysteries have been changed. Inasmuch as any solution must of necessity be supposition, liberties of time, place, and characters have been taken. In just a moment, you will hear a solution to the mystery of the Marie Celeste. for which you have been waiting. And so Chips, the carpenter, places the baby in the crate-like structure he has made while the mother looks on. He turns to her as the captain walks down from the chart house. There he is, ma'am, all safe and sound. Can't fall out and can't get out. It was very good of you to think of it, Chips. Uh, oh, here's the skipper. Ahoy there, Mr. Anderson. Are you ready? All ready, skipper. Uh, you be the judge, Mary. Although I know I, I, I'm going to win. All right, I'll be judge. The first around the ship and up the trailing rope onto the deck wins. Then you give the word to go. Now, both of you get up on the rail. Ready? Set? Go! Look, the skipper, he's the way to a flying start, he is. Oh, he's a powerful swimmer. But just the same. Ow! Oh, what the place is. The ship, she heeled over. The wind. We're in for a blow. Oh, the baby's crib is sliding across the deck. No. The ship's carpenter and the baby's mother rush across the sanding deck in a vain effort to save the baby. Again, the vessel heels and together they slide over the scuppers into the sea. One after the other, every member of the crew leaps overboard to the rescue. The freshening wind fills the sagging sails and the Marie Celeste, fully rigged, her ship's bell clanging a sailor's dirge, without a living soul aboard gets underway and leaves the crew struggling in the water. <laughs> <laughs> 